This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news the week of March 16th, 2019. Miller Coors turns Bud Light Salt into beer. New Belgium's Island Coastal Contract. Anchor Brewing Toast to New Union. Lagavulin Neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get into the news. Let's. Uh, starting off from Vine Pair, we have uh, Miller Coors offering free beer for every negative Bud Light comment. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's been more than a month since Bud Light aired its controversial Super Bowl ads and very publicly picking a fight with Miller Coors. The feud shows no sign of slowing, but the latest development in the Bud Light versus Miller Light uh, and Coors Light fight could spell good news for beer drinkers. On Wednesday, well, good-ish. Wednesday, Miller Coors announced it will give away a free Coors Light every time Bud Light makes a negative comment about its brand uh, on social media or broadcast media. Uh, So, on the bright side, free beer. On the downside, it is Coors Light. I mean, if you were You had to choose. If you were in an establishment and you see that tap handle light up, would you turn it down? I wouldn't. I, I don't turn down free beer. I drank Coors Light in college. Like I would just be like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> of, of Bud Miller Coors. I'd take a Coors. I'll take a Coors. I, especially over Miller. I I swear. I we were at some event and it was I I don't remember if we were still in college or but it was more it was later years and I had a Miller High Life. God, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this Coors Light will uh, pour. F- uh, Pour the free beer from uh, new smart beer tap handles, uh, which it says are powered by Bud Light negativity. Uh, Each time Bud Light makes a negative comment, the smart handle illuminates, signaling free Coors Light for every legal age patron in attendance. It's actually pretty great. It says, when they bring hate, we will literally bring light. Ryan Reese, the vice president of Coors Family Brand, says, the more Bud Light talks, the more we refresh. (laughs) Rice unveiled uh, the Coors Light handle at a Miller Coors convention in Tampa today. Man, that's got to be a thrilling convention. Oh, yeah. Just. (laughs) And reveals plans to launch them on March 22nd in select bars in New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, Omaha, and Las Vegas. So you got to be in one of those cities to... To enjoy this. Come on. Uh, Coors Light accompanied the smart handles of the new ad, which in uh, in which the brewer claims 80% of drinkers would rather enjoy a fresh and cold beer than listening to an ongoing feud surrounding Coors syrup and brewing ingredients. Uh, Coors says its stats come from a survey it conducted last week. Meanwhile, Nielsen data shows the Bud Light ad, uh, America's top-selling beer, Plummeted 8.8% in the four-week period following the Super Bowl ad. Sorry, AB and Bev, but we can't say we didn't see this coming, they said, linking to another article where 
they <laughs> they talk about how Bud Light was sabotaging the entire industry. Well. So, yeah, it's uh it's been an interesting, I guess, debacle to follow. But yeah, it has and I do like how Coors is jumping on. They're seizing the reins of this whole thing because Bud Light has not stopped running the ads. They they keep them going. I guess, you know, they paid X amount for them, so they'd be damned if they're not going to get X amount of runtime out of them. But I'm still surprised they're running because they had, like, the corn lobby and, like, corn growers of America, like, all up on them about mm-hmm. these ads, and they keep running them. But, and not to be, like... Like, not even a just, like, oh, we hate Budweiser situation, but, like, it's kind of ridiculous, the ad, because it's not like you're using superior ingredients. You're doing rice instead of corn. Calm it down, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it, there's no there's no justification for the ad. <laughs> uh, I, I just, well, I just can't. Everyone's <laughs> supposed to be against corn syrup, so when they see that corn sugar goes into... Uh, their competitor, they're like, we can say, you know, corn syrup, and blah. We, we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But the tap handle aspect of this, I like it because, yeah, they're like, let's take this negative, turn it into a positive. That is a good way to spin this. And the tap handles look really cool. I'm going to admit, I would like to go find one of these just to see it. I'm sure that you can find pictures of them on Instagram. But I, I'm curious about, is it new like do you have is it do they have to say or put out a new commercial, or like are reruns of the other commercials going to trigger these things? Either so that's going to be a lot of free beer. Well, it's also when they say anything on social media. So if they continue the the thing, it's just going to. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so as long as that campaign is still, you know, hitting hard. It's very much still going. So oh, come on. Let's... Where is this at? Did they say like the smart things? Where? New York, Philly, Dallas, Omaha, and Las Vegas. Why oh, Omaha? That's... Annoying. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's, it's all just weird. <laughs> like it just seems like they shouldn't be doing any of this, and, and yet, yeah, here they know. are. Free beer has come out of this. For people in these bars. So if you live in New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, Omaha, or Las Vegas. Uh, and you're you, wanting a Coors Light. Well, why don't you go out and see if you can find one of these bad boys after March 22nd. And get a picture or a video mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. And uh, send that to us. Let, let us see what one of these things looks like. Maybe while you're there videoing it or taking a picture, it'll light up. You never know. You know what's also lighting up? Hmm. The, uh, the future for maybe some of these... Uh, Start up lager brands. Nice. Um, At least one of them. <laughs> yes, so New Belgium begins contract brewing for a startup lager brand. Um, and I have to say, this complete sidebar, I kind of like the, uh, the art and labels on this can. Anyway, uh, after experiencing an 11% production decline in 2018, New Belgium has opened its Colorado brewing facility to an upstart lager brand that is aiming to eclipse the 100,000 barrel threshold within two years. New Belgium, the fourth largest craft brewery in the U.S., and Charleston, South Carolina-based East Island Brewing Company, maker of the Island Coastal Lager brand, today announced the new brewing arrangement in a joint press release. 
Scott Hansen, who launched the Island Coastal Lager brand with partner Brandon Perry at the end of I, 2017. I, I thought that was the, the to, to Catch a Predator guy for about a half second. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't remember that guy's name. I think um, it's Chris Hansen? Yeah. Mm. He got arrested. I don't know if you saw that. It was like something about did, did they ask him to please have a seat? <laughs> please have a seat. <laughs> um, so they, they told Brewbound that the company has plans to scale production and a distribu- distribution rapidly over the next 18 months. Uh, quote, last year we sold 5,000 barrels into the market and we were ranked by IRI as the number one craft logger in six packs in South Carolina. That's, geez, that's, that's specific. Um, <laughs> They're filling a niche market and they really want to sound the trumpet about that. Which is mm-hmm. fair, you know, good job. But I'm just like, wow, uh, sure. Uh, it's an ambitious goal, but one that Hansen believes can be achieved through expanded distribution via AB InBev wholesalers across 16 new states. We initially launched with wine and spirits distributors in order to have a single solution in each state and to capture mid-share, or mind-share, wow, I can't read, uh, with major retailers. We are going to expand up the East Coast with the AB network into every state that touches the water. Don't feel too bad, Brittany. When you were saying mindshare and midshare, I was reading midshipman. So ah, okay. Well, at least we're all we're all together here. <laughs> um, so uh, they admitted that uh, two thousand eighteen was a challenging year. The company had no current plans to consider co-packing for other brands in an attempt to. Uh, huh, that's written funny. Um, to get to one point five million barrels of capacity across its two breweries. New Belgium production declined from 955,000 barrels in 2017 to 846,000 in 2018. This represents five or 56.4 percent capacity utilization across its entire brewing footprint. So uh, I did not realize that their uh, numbers were going a bit lower. Um, according to uh, IRI, off-premise volume sales of New Belgium products at multi-outlet and convenience stores through February 24th were up 4.6%, while dollar sales are an, an impressive 9%, a discrepancy that can be explained in part by the company's $1.50 per ca- case price increase this year, which I did not even remember that could be a thing or it could be them pushing uh, a lot of special release what size are those bottles oh uh like that eight ounce they're more than they're more than eight ounce they're like 16 ounce bottles oh you're thinking of the okay yeah sorry i was thinking of the new like eight ounce budweiser or bud light cans i've been oh, seeing yeah gotcha. those are most are for uh new belgium like they're right they're rocking some special release stuff which they haven't ever in uh big markets and now you can find a lot of this stuff so and that's all that's going at a you know premium price yeah uh the other interesting thing uh in the last i think the last bit in this article uh, for the most part is um that the so the the island um company is also developing an 89 calorie competitor to corona premier called island active and it's going to be packaged in 12 ounce slim cans so that's interesting as well um, I didn't even know that Corona brand existed, but I'm not surprised. It's like the thing, you know, everybody's got to have their, their skinny beer, essentially. So. Today. Well. No, no, everyone's got to have. To compete, yes. <laughs> a hard seltzer now. Forget forget skinny beer, it's hard seltzer. You remember, I, I think I've told you before, I think I've talked about this on the, on various shows before, but you know how I used to make a skinny cocktail? Oh, 
just add use... water. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was something like use uh, half the mix or something, but no. Well, I, they had a special whatever mix, but if I was out of that, I would just add water. Yeah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> It'll do the trick. <sighs> yeah, I, they are. I will say this brand is is pushing some real crazy numbers. Yeah, that's so. What they're wanting, like the number switch there, that they're wanting to pump things up. They're wanting to go from oh, you know, five thousand barrels to uh, pass a hundred thousand. That's like. That's that's like five year ago thinking. That no, yeah, planning to jump that far that fast is not gonna happen. Like flat out, even if you've got New Belgium saying, "Hey, we've got a lot of free capacity right now. We'll t- we'll brew your stuff and help you get it out there." That's not gonna <laughs> put them to this benchmark, especially since it's a no name from a certain region in South Carolina where they did well. It's like you don't have the cred. That's not like some. Maybe they do make a fantastic logger, though. So they I mean, might. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying they got some faith in themselves. They do, and you know, props, props for their balls. Big. The, every can has a giant pair of testicles hanging from it. <laughs> uh, we already talked about the testicle beer, didn't we? <laughs> that was last week. Uh, well, you know who doesn't have testicles in their beer? Who? Anchor Brewing. You know what they do have? The Union. Yeah. So, uh, you may have, you may remember our story from a few weeks ago that Anchor Brewing had, uh, some of the workers were attempting to unionize. Well, the, uh, the vote is in and the workers at Anchor Brewing have successfully unionized. Uh, workers at Anchor Brewing Company voted to unionize Wednesday. Employees at the production facility at 1705 Mariposa Street voted 31 to 16 to organize with the International Longshore and Warehouse Union. Workers across the street at Anchor Public Taps and Affiliated Restaurant will vote on Friday. So that just happened yesterday. Not sure of the outcome. Uh, the unionization efforts became public last month after more than a year of organizing at the 123-year-old, often credited with America's original craft beer. You go Again, uh, here we go. Sh- shameful plug, Walker. You should go check, out, <laughs> go check out our episode that we did on uh, Anchor Brewing and uh, figure out how washers and dryers work into the whole thing. Uh, quote here, I'm extremely excited. <laughs> I've been working with... Uh, the ILWU and my phone's been going off non-stop, said Patrick McKell, uh, a part-time worker at Anchor Taps who was in class at San Francisco State University when the results were announced. So he's, one of, the, he's one of two workers in February who said they were taken aside by management and told to take off yellow pins with the phrase Union Strong. That led to the ILWU filing a complaint with the Federal National Labor Relations Board last month. Workers are asking for better hours and benefits. Uh, Mikkel said management has scheduled him and others at 29 hours of work a week, preventing him from acquiring full-time status. Workers are also dealing with shorter lunch breaks, reduced sick days, and costlier health benefits, he said. The union uh, effort highlights the tension 
detention service workers face trying to get by in San Francisco on low-paying jobs. Yeah, I couldn't, oh. I couldn't yeah, that's not possible. Yeah, no, it's, that's not a thing. You've got to have like five jobs to get by in San Francisco. That's what was that? one of those better be billionaire. Yeah, I was reading some story about how people to work in San Francisco actually live in other states and crazy crap, or they take it takes them like three to four hours to commute in because it no one can't can be efficient on <laughs> like their bottom line. <laughs> no. No, it can't. Uh, in 2017, Anchor Brewing was bought by Sapporo for $85 million, raising concerns among workers about the impact of overseas ownership. That prompted the workers to start meeting, and the ILWU began to work with them last April. So uh, Anchor will become one of the first beer companies in the country to have a unionized workforce. That's incredible. So, yeah, Anchor... Char- or chalking up new first there. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite possibly the first craft brewery and also the first unionized brewery. Yeah, which isn't... You know, man, you don't hear about unions much anymore. Well, uh, a lot of the need for that, it's kind of, well, was pushed to the side, but things are getting back to the... Except, except teachers' unions. I hear a lot about those where, where, we, where we are. Well, yeah, we're, That's... we're in Kentucky. Just go ahead and look what's happening here. Right. <laughs> uh, this is interesting, though. Like them, them. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they are the first one to unionize. Which I don't, I I don't know if that was even on their minds before they were bought by Sapporo. Like, if there was anyone in there that was like, you know, we should form a union. Probably not. But I mean, you got you do have to sit there and realize how nervous they must have gotten and i yeah. can see a lot you know with the the really crappy stuff people are doing with that you know schedule you for 28 29 hours when if you could just get you know another hour you would be considered full-time and get benefits mm-hmm. uh when i worked as a bartender they were they didn't say that they were unhappy but uh they worked real hard the uh one year I managed to get enough because they were just short-staffed. I got enough hours to get to full-time status, so I had full benefit. I had benefits, and they made sure the next year they started cutting my hours, so that didn't happen. And then I changed jobs. <laughs> well, about uh, sixty-nine full and part-time employees who sought to join the union work at Anchor's production facility. And at the Anchor Public Taps, the brewery employs approximately 160 people, according to a 2016 report by Brewbound. So, not even half of the people were, you know, pushing hard for this. Yeah, I think we had talked about that last time, that it was not, like, every single person at Anchor was all in for this, but... But when it came to a vote, majority majority said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anchor founded in 1896 has had several owners and almost closed shop in the 1960s. Um, it was bought by Fritz Maytag, heir to the washing machine dynasty, who re- revitalized it and sold the company decades later to local investment firm uh, in 2010. Anchor Brewing now has 10, 10 days to dispute the union vote. Hmm. Well, so, I guess we'll, uh, we'll I hear something about that next week. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to kick the kick the hornet's nest, but what a what 
thoughts on possible unionization movement in craft beer? Because we've seen, we saw the thing with who was it in uh, up there in the Northeast that had big, big wells. Oh yeah, um, is Trillium. I think it was Trillium. Yeah. Yeah, they had a big spat over pay and all this stuff, and it is notorious that craft breweries do not pay a whole lot. Like, you're in it for the love. You're in it for the love of beer, not, not yeah, to which a paycheck. Which is good, but. You still got to make a living. Yeah. That's like, I can't, I can't eat love. <laughs> I don't care what, uh, what that song from the 60s says. Yeah, it's a real sticky situation. Like this whole, I stop and think about it and I'm like, I mean, it's, it's going to cause the price of craft beer to go up if this does sweep through and become a trend. Like definitely you're going to be paying a lot more for your beer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I stop and think, I'm like, after talking to people at work at you know some craft breweries, it's kind of a yeah yeah some some breweries it's not warranted. Uh, yeah, others it may be very much warranted. So that's well, this is going to have to go by case by case basis. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see how Anchor responds in ten days. Yeah, it's kind uh, of a, a highly doubt you're going to see. Well, you obviously wouldn't, since it's employee-owned, like New Belgium. You're not going to see a unionization effort there. No, there's not really a need to unionize when, when you own an part of it. Yeah, when if once you've been there for what ninety days, you're an owner, or yeah. no year after a year. Year, I think it's yeah. You're invited to become part owner, so you won't see it there. Probably not Sierra Nevada, or you know, a lot of these places that really take care of their workers. But a lot of the smaller breweries that can't really afford to offer it, those insane yeah. benefits. I was going to say, not everyone can afford to take care of their workers like that because they are. I mean, that's that's. I will say that's probably the biggest problem with some of this is that craft brewing is. I think we've talked we've talked about it a lot that, but there are the big dogs of craft. There's the middle groups that are like regional, but you know maybe they're going to hit to the next thing. You know, there may be in a few states, and then you've got like your local craft breweries who probably can't afford that and. Yeah. In some cases. So, I mean, we'll just have to see. All right. Well, uh, something else we can't wait to see? Oh, yes. So, we stumbled across this today over at Whiskey Advocate. It is news that brought a smile to my face. Something bigger than the Pawnee Harvest Festival is about to go down. Nick Offerman looks to be getting his own Lagavulin whiskey. Oh, ever someone deserved the label. How is this man not their brand ambassador? I was gonna say the label alone. He is. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, he is a brand ambassador now. Because uh, right. he did that whole uh, living statue thing where they painted like bronzed him, <laughs> and he did the. It was that was an ad for Lagavulin. Okay, that's right. I I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Anyway, the actor who played the curmudgeonly yet good-hearted character Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec uh, adores adorns a label for an 11-year-old Lagavulin that was recently approved by the TTB. Offerman's character on Parks and Rec is frequently seen with a bottle of Lagavulin, his whiskey of choice. Uh, I have a bit of trivia here. Swanson's father apparently favored wild turkey, 
Ron once said he would put it on his cornflakes. In season six, episode London part two, Ron's colleague, Leslie Nope, sends him on a surprise trip to Isle, where he hangs out with workers in the Lagavulin distillery, including warehouse, uh, warehouseman Ian Ian Pinky Pinky MacArthur. Yeah. MacArthur. Sorry, I had to stop. That's not how you spell Ian. But uh, after watching British Bake Off, it is another way to spell Ian, apparently. You can spell it like 90 <laughs> ways. Well, uh, pulling samples straight from the cask. In the final episode of Parks and Rec, Swanson diversifies his portfolio by purchasing 51% stake in the distillery. <laughs> Which really just makes me think he was embezzling money the whole time. No, that's uh, later the Parks and Rec thing. In later episodes, it comes down that uh, they never say what the number is, but... Ron is apparently like insanely independently wealthy. Yes. Uh, well, they don't describe how is the thing. Yeah, they never say where the money came from. It's just he has a ton of money, and there was the whole his will was just like written on a post-it note, and it's some language no one understands. Just, the person like, who it? kills him will understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, Offerman himself is quite the Lagavulin fan. In fact, Swanson's characteristic love of whiskey apparently came at Offerman's suggestion during show development. Uh, If you've read his book, Paddle Your Own Canoe, he talks uh, about them going, yeah, we think you should be be, like drinking something. He's like, how about Lagavulin? Because I want to drink on set. (laughs) They're like, okay. (laughs) Awesome. Uh well, over several years, the actor has filmed promotional material for that brand that typically features him sitting silently, occasionally sipping whiskey for, uh, from a glass for minutes or hours on end. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Offerman, we would like you to read this. No. Just shoot this. Uh <laughs> Uh, well, Lagavulin's parent company, Diageo, hasn't released any details in the upcoming Offerman edition, but it seems likely it'll be out later this year. The labeling features two etching-style images of the actor, one including him in a small sailboat with a guitar. Uh, it also has quotations from Offerman, I've traveled the world and sampled many attempts at pleasing nectars, but it is solely this distillation of Isle, a tiny char- charismatic Scottish isle. That has claimed by palate. Yea, and my heart into the bargain. <laughs> uh, Ron Swanson is known for having many strong opinions, some of them controversial, but his outlook on drinking, whiskey or otherwise, is clearly in, uh, inclusive. There is no wrong way to consume alcohol. In other words, if you aren't a fan of Lagavulin, you can still toast Offerman as legendary character with your whiskey of choice. But only whiskey, as clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, any word on when this is coming out, though? Because I didn't see it that just said, It just said sometime later this year. Hmm. So we're going to have to try to keep an eye out for it. So we're obviously buying this. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a thing. He is. He is. I, I didn't notice the picture of him on a boat with a guitar. I didn't either until you read that. And then uh, you look and it's like, oh, no. Yep. That's him. Him on the boat. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> notice that at all until then. Oh, yeah. But we were reading this. Like Chris was like, they don't have an 11 year age statement. I was like, oh, well, then, yeah, that's it's time to fill that gap. So they release uh, other year age statements as special releases on off years or something like that. 
So apparently the 11 year is going to be the thing for this year. What what was the age statement on the Game of Thrones Lagavulin? I don't it's remember. The, it's the uh, Lannister. Because Lagavulin was the House Lannister, and that kind of like crippled me. I was like, I'm going to buy it. This is House Lannister. And I was like, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim says Jim nine says years. Jim says nine. Nine year? Okay. Mm. Uh, I would revert to Jim on all of this. He is the Scotch expert. So it I, is what Google says when I type in okay. House Lannister Lagavulin. So that, that Jim's and a good it's, person. It, it auto-completes nine year. In yes. the chat. <laughs> he said he has it. It's good. <laughs> Of course he does. This is good. I mean, the, they don't have an eleven-year age statement, do they, Jim? We'll, we'll hear back in a minute. But so Lagavulin's good enough, like a, a great enough brand as it is. We're getting this because the bottle is going to be awesome. Like the labeling, I mean, is like oh, yeah, we have yeah. to have that on the shelf somewhere. Clearly, it's, it's kind of like why we got the Jane Walker, yeah, Johnny Walker, because um, like, no, that that Scotch, while it's consumable, is not a superior product no but, but the sometimes packaging. you get stuff because of the bottle <laughs> they know it uh johnny walker definitely knows it yeah but um but uh, but anyway it's still a log or uh, an uh, an isla which is totally fine with me so so okay from jim in the chat uh log of Ullin has an 8 9 12 16 and he thinks an 18 i believe he is correct so uh they do not have or did not have an 11-year age statement until now. So also, how much does Nick Offerman look like like a Union soldier or, or a commander, I guess? He looks like some sort of Civil War. Yeah. Well, yeah, the etching is what does it. But... Yeah. Yeah. You do that etching, you do that beard and his hair, and you just put him in those those clothes and everything's like yeah no he would have fit right in it looks like. It reminds me you just kind of hear in your head the like dear Martha. <laughs> dear Martha. Except it's in, it's uh, from Scotland, so. <laughs> Dear Bridget, I don't know. <laughs> no one could understand it. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of like how to do a, a Scottish accent appropriately, and it's just going to sound like uh, stoic or uh, uh, oh. the guy with the 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 missing limbs from oh. How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> oh yeah. So Gerard Butler or Craig Ferguson? Yeah. Craig yeah. Ferguson. Oh. All right, well, uh, let's get to something not quite as tantalizing. So uh, Deschutes is testing no and low alcohol products and well, releasing good news. gluten-reduced beer. Good news. Delatters is releasing a high and 100% alcohol product and a gluten-enriched beer. <laughs> it's just it's called bread. It's just a <laughs> loaf of bread. <sighs> Sorry, we can go on now. All right, Count Deschutes Brewery among the list of beer companies experimenting with no and low alcohol offerings. The Bend, Oregon headquartered craft brewery, the tenth largest uh, U.S. craft brewery according to the Brewers Association. We're going to be talking a lot more about that in the main show. If you're curious about rankings, uh, has begun testing prototypes of two non-alcoholic beers. In a conversation with Brewbound, Veronica Vega, Deschutes Director of Product Development, said the company is partnering with Sustainable Beverage Technologies, a Denver-based business that offers non-alcoholic beer production using a proprietary method called Bruvo, among other services, to create two new non-alcoholic products, a hop-forward beer and an Irish stout-style ale. 
Those offerings could be on tap at Deschutes Portland and Bend Brew Pubs uh, within the next two months. And that it came does up, sound interesting. The it came up in conversation when we were at uh, Sierra Nevada in Ashland that uh, I had to mention because drunkenly it came back to me, a little drunken recall that uh, Deschutes Portland uh, Brewery and Tap Room. I suddenly recalled look, looking around, I was like, looks a lot like this. Like it's <laughs> that very much everything is bronze and wood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I am curious about a hop forward, low alcohol content beer, and an Irish style stout. That's that's low. Mostly just because I'm like, oh wait, are you saying I can drink more of these and not get, not get hammered? If they taste just like what I like, then fine. But if not, uh, then yes and no. They're still gonna have the stuff to give you the hangover. Because wow, remember, true. it's not the alcohol that really gives you the hang. It's not the alcohol that gets you. It's the bubbles. It's all the other crap. Uh, Deschutes, Deschutes, Deschutes joins several established beer makers. Uh, Heineken, Brooklyn Brewery, and Lagunitas Flying Dog, and uh, Pabst Brewing to enter the non-alcoholic beer segment. All of them, with Heineken has their 0.0, Brooklyn has special effects, Lagunitas has hop water, Flying Dog has Hop Chronic IPA infused with THC, which that one you actually have to have a medical card and go to a dispensary to pick up a pack of those. Mm -hmm. uh, to enter the non-alcoholic beer segment that already includes offerings from several major manufacturers as well as upstart small brewers. So, I'm trying to figure out what German Deschutes and Deladers is now. <laughs> and it's like, Deschutes and Deschutes and Deschutes and uh, according to Vega, Sustainable Beverage Technologies will continue to produce batches of non-alcoholic beer for Deschutes pubs once the company settles on a finished product. Meanwhile, the Denver company will continue to test the beers to ensure they are shelf-stable for a potential release in glass or aluminum packages. So, they aren't even making this. They are contracting it out to someone else, right? I'm, I'm, going, like, I'm reading that correctly. Yeah? Yeah. Uh... According to Vega, sustainable deer will continue to produce batches of non-alcoholic. Yes, someone else is make it using their proprietary Bruvo then stuff. They're, they're just slapping the Deschutes logo on it. But they're making it probably to their recipe. Yeah. They're just using their method to, to take alcohol out. Um, Wrap it up, spank it on the bottle. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I guess. The also though when I hear shelf stable, I just like to a picture like you just set the bottles on the on the shelf and you, they obviously just start shaking by themselves like <laughs> they just explode. <laughs> oh nope, not shelf stable. They're unstable isotopes or something. <laughs> I can't handle this kind of power. Well, the alcohol kept them in check. Deshees president and CEO Michael Lalonde told Brewbound that the company wasn't impressed with the non-alcoholic products currently available on the market, and it, Neither sees, am I. <laughs> it sees an opportunity to become a player with the uh, not-applicable space as consumers grow more health-conscious. I think that's supposed to be non-alcoholic. Oh, well, they used N-A. They did. N slash is... A, so I'm going to read it the way you read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there was no slash... It would be the sodium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he's a uh, quote here. We think we've really which developed. Is mean, which means they're focusing on ghosts. Ghosts. Mm, well, that I can support that. I'd get behind that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we think we've really developed something that has the flavor of has the flavor of beer. That's it's not just beer. wrong. It has it, the flavor of beer. Yeah, it doesn't taste like a malt beverage. It has a lot of characteristic that you'll see in beer. Less sweet, more hop characteristic to it, but still a good body. If, if you want something that tastes <laughs> sounds like beer, more like he's he's trying to do things to this beer. <laughs> just That's make good body. a just make a beer. I don't uh, look. Not everyone. You know, sometimes people need to have it as a non-alcoholic, you know, recovering alcoholics who do enjoy the taste of beer. Maybe they want something like this, so they're not going to get drunk. There there are reasons to do this. And in fairness, if you're growing and you're looking at new avenues to grow into, you don't want to just leave money on the table. So let's let's try some try some other options. Hmm. I would prefer if they just brewed beer, but as long as it's not affecting the way they're brewing beer, they can do whatever else they want. Yeah, so that's uh, the rest of this article is going in. It, uh, they're talking about the financials and sales figures of last year, and it basically just laying it out there on why every major brewery is making a move like this. They're trying mm-hmm. to broaden their portfolios because, let's face it, beer is starting to kind of inch down. It's not the guaranteed thing it used to be. So everyone's trying to get out there and start producing something else as well. And I just don't think this is this is the route it's going to go. Hard seltzers are fine. We've still got a bunch in the fridge. I drink them occasionally. They're just fine. It's true. Hard seltzers are probably a better a better bet right now. But that's also kind of fatty. Like, fad-y, not fatty. What you say? Uh, what, what are you saying about me? Saying that you're skinnier than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. But you know, like they're 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 trying a bunch of stuff. I, I I don't fault them for that. I just don't know how like how well this is going to work out for them. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and we will. Uh, we will uh, we'll just have to see. Like maybe they'll they'll quietly discontinue this in like a year, and they'll try something else to see if that works. Quite possibly. All right. Well, uh, I think we have a return of uh, a line of stories. Yes, this week in Aldi. So, um, <laughs> uh, the best rum. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I- I'll-, I'll comment after. Okay. Uh, it says the best rum in the world only costs £16.99. So. This is like a follow we up have, to the. We, yeah, like we, we've already been over how misleading these headlines are. Right. However. So, yeah. Earlier this year, um, and this is all, you know, £16. So obviously, this is all UK stuff, but uh, we gave you the news that. W- is it Little Lytle? I don't think we ever established that. Um, but anyway, their £13.49 whiskey has been named one of the best in the world. With an eight-year-old blended scotch triumphing at the World Whiskies Awards, it shows that a hefty price tag doesn't necessarily reflect quality and that you needn't spend a fortune when it comes to the finest spirits. I don't say they didn't say it won. They just said it triumphed. <laughs> which is basically meaning it got past the first round and then everybody else picked up on that. That's like implied, I guess. Yeah, the, again, we did a, we covered the news story a few weeks ago. But yeah, it was annoying that it's like, oh, it made it with high acclaim through the first round 
And everyone's like, it was named the best whiskey in the world. It's like, no, there are several more rounds of judging, and it did not make it through those rounds. Mm. Uh, so this week, we're uh, talking about rum. So specifically, Sea Dog Premium Spiced Rum, available at Aldi stores nationwide in the UK. Uh, I yeah, I was going to say, that nation, not yeah. this one. I haven't checked to see if it's available over here, actually. Um, but... Uh, that is priced at £16.99. The Spirits Business Rum Masters found the black spiced rum to be one of the best in the world. So congratulations to Aldi, who also scooped a silver medal for another rum, the Old Hop King Spiced Rum, which, in case you were wondering, is even cheaper at £10.49. So, okay, so okay hold on real quick. Rum Masters, which cartoon am I thinking of? Rum Master? Yeah, like Rum Masters, like something Masters. Feels like it's in a cartoon from like the oh. early 90s, late 80s. Um, Pirates Masters of, of the Universe? Pirates of, what is that? Pirates of what? Pirates of Darkwater. Yeah, oh, Pirates God. Pirates of Darkwater. Oh, okay, we're going to have to move on without me for a while. <laughs> I'm now going to be in that spiral of that show never ended. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anywho, so, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, um, we are delighted that our own label rums have excelled once again at an international competition, said Aldi's UK managing director of buying, Julie Ashfield. Uh, says our UK-based buying team are constantly challenging themselves with new and exciting innovation to add to our range. So seeing new products win awards is a real testament to their hard work. Uh, it says that rum continues to be a popular product with Aldi shoppers, and in 2018 alone, it sold over 2 million bottles of the spirit. As more shoppers tap into the trend for creating cocktails at home, we're expecting another great year of sales. So I can't tell you yay. kind of how excited I was to get another This Week in Aldi story. It's been a while, and <laughs> yeah. I really wish we could get a hold of a lot of the Aldi stuff over here. We do have to dig around. I'm not for certain we can, though thinking they only really offer the spirit stuff in the uk yeah i gotta look yeah. at that that's for sure but uh, uh also sorry i'm just thinking like, like rum it's one of the, the the two two go-tos in your cocktails uh sorry i'm running a little slow i'm still mourning the loss of pirates <laughs> of dark water which i'm never going to fully recover from clearly I only got 17 items. There was 13 more, and I didn't get it, and the guy died, and so I have no way of knowing how this was going to end. <laughs> See, I did not... I I got nothing oh. on any of that. I feel left out now. Your childhood uh, you, <laughs> Jim and the chat asked, like, I, I wonder if it still holds up. Oh, there's no way. No, 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 way. no. Many things of that period do not. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this week in Aldi is a good way to uh, end the show this week. So mm -hmm. we would like to remind everyone that this is our news only episode or oh, news only show. Uh, but we also just do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash have a drink show. And we will see you again next Saturday live. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye-bye.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>